Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. So what are you thinking? As you're sitting manger side yet again. How many times have you done it? I think this is my 60th. Don't remember the first two at all, the first few at all. And I don't remember much about a lot of it, but I remember the feel. What are you thinking this Christmas as you stare into the manger? Are you trying to find the magic of old when you were a kid, when you were little? Is the magic gone? Is there still hope in this world and hope in this day? Or does God seem silent in our world? Almost like a veil separates us from him. There's a lot of brokenness in our world, is there not? Hurt and suffering and pain and evil and wickedness and me. Does it ever feel like God is silent? That you can't see what he's doing? Wouldn't it be cool if God would show his physical hand again? Maybe a parting of the Red Sea like in the days of Moses to put the world on pause? God might say, haven't you been watching? Wouldn't it be cool if there was another transfiguration moment and whenever you and I needed some advice for life, we could follow him up the mountain and God the Father would speak from heaven and let us listen in. But sometimes life can seem like God is silent. Like I cannot see. That's the way it was that first Christmas. For everybody but two or three if you count the baby in her womb. God had seemed silent for 400 years. Malachi, my messenger, was the last prophet to preach and to write 400 years in the waiting, Lord. 400 years. 400 years of of God's people being harassed and helpless, as the psalmist would say, harassed and helpless on every side, being chased by their enemies, most of the time not having a home of their own that was theirs and safe and secure. And in the midst of that, there were many in Israel who were saying, when is he coming? Where is this coming he has spoken of? And in the commotion and the hustle and bustle of life and the running for their lives, Satan put ear protectors, and they stopped hearing. It's like he put dark glasses on them so they could not see, and they stopped listening to his word. And they thought God was doing nothing behind the veil. But you know, if you were thinking with God, 
You could see a little behind the veil. See, God was in action. In those 400 years, he was setting the stage for Christmas. Yes, they ran from Alexander the Great as he came in with the Macedonian phalanx and took over the Middle East in a massively impressive way in 10 short years. Brought the Greek language to the entire world, known world. And then came these guys called Seleucids, Syrians. Sound like modern history? The Syrians who dominated the Jews and and repressed them and persecuted them and caused them to cry out for the Messiah, the promised anointed one of God to come. But then on the heels of the Seleucids came the Romans with the Roman legions of power and might and strength and dominated everything that Alexander had conquered in the eastern end of the Mediterranean world and locked Israel under a government that would not release them. But Rome had great roads. Rome brought peace to the entire Mediterranean world. Because you see, God was at work setting the stage for this thing called Christmas, the birth of his son. And if you were listening, the word of God, you know, in the New Testament, the writer of the Hebrews describes the word of God as being living and active. It never sits still doing nothing. It's living and active, doing its thing. So what had God promised? God had promised a son born of a virgin. It just took some generations to get to Mary. He had promised from the line of David would come a king who would establish a kingdom that would last forever. Not like this Alexander Seleucid Roman thing. A kingdom that would last forever outside of this world. The prophets hinted at. But then the prophets pegged, well, where would this happen? In Bethlehem in Judea, the son would be born. And in Daniel, we learn what God was fully aware of history. The marching of the nations and the empires through time until eventually the kingdom that would last forever would come. You see, I think you'd agree with me that God sometimes, if not most often, does his best work when we cannot see what he is doing. Where are the troubles in your life right now? Where are the troubles in mine? Is God asleep at the switch? Does God not care? Does his word not speak? Oh, the word of God is living and active. It speaks to our hearts and it tells us what's happening behind the veil, that in all things God is working for good. If ever we doubt that, go to the gospel lesson for Christmas, Luke 2, 1 through 20. And let's Listen to what God did on Christmas night. But let's read it slowly enough that we can sense what God had been doing in the background for 400 years, fulfilling what he had said he would do. Read with me Luke 2, 1 through 20. Of you read the portions in yellow. In those days, Caesar Augustus.
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David. He sensed the world moving at the hand of God because he belonged to the house and line of David, not because of Rome. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they saw it, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, to those on whom his favor rests. By the way, isn't it fun when God's prophecies and promises are instant? Kind of cool. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart. The shepherds? returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the mighty hand of our God. When the rabbis read Isaiah 1, not 9, 1 through 7, in the synagogues in those 400 years, do you think they whispered what we're about to read, or did they shout it? in the synagogues, knowing what was coming. The gift and the child to break the silence and the veil. Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. You want to read some more with me? Let's read the whole thing together, okay? Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, 
You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. This is the word of our God. Dear friends, is Christmas different than when you were a kid? Raise your hand if you are 16 years old or younger. All right. I hope the childhood magic is there with maybe more depth than I knew. Just for the fun of it, all the rest of us, raise your hand if you're older than the age of 16. Has Christmas, is Christmas different than when you were 12? What's changed? The gift or you? The gift or me? Are you struggling to find the magic in the manger this year? Struggling to find the hope in the angelic chorus? Are you struggling to find the joy and the happiness of years ago when people were still here? Are you disillusioned with Christmas ever? It doesn't jack me up like it used to. What's the problem? What's changed? The gift or you? The gift or me? In reality, our God never changes, and the gift is the same. And today we get a chance to look at God's gift again and think about what is this child in the manger, and how did God gift wrap him? to help us understand what we are looking at when we are 12 or 16 or 60 or 96. The gift and the child. Now our God, our God was a a lot like my mom. Can I say that? (sighs) In this way, that, that our God was great at wrapping gifts. My mom was persnickety at wrapping gifts. You know, you'd do the, the big box on the table, and you'd measure, and you'd cut, and you'd tape it in place, and then what we always did is you push, push the sides in first, crease, crease, side up, crease, crease, 
top or bottom up and top down, boom, and a little fold on the corners, awesome. And then if the paper had things like, we didn't often in our house have ho, 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 that made me think of the green giant, not Santa Claus, but ho, 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 Merry Christmas, usually peace on earth, goodwill toward men, something in red, something in green, something with ornaments. But when our God wrapped his gift and put it under Bethlehem's tree 700 years before through the prophet Isaiah, he wrapped it with four titles for his son on the four sides for us to see. Wonderful counselor. The baby in the gift is the wonderful counselor. This is a, a baby who would use the word of God and tell the world about the forgiveness of sins coming through him. He would teach people to trust the word of God every bit of it. You know, in our small group, uh, we tend to joke that whichever, whichever Bible study we're going through and somebody has the, the, the teacher's guide and we call that the, uh, the, the smart Bible. Okay? And, we'll, and once in a while we'll, we'll see what the answer man has when we open the smart Bible. What is the answer to all the problems of life as we're guiding our way, he's guiding our way through Scripture? But Jesus, as the wonderful counselor, is not the answer man who simply tells us how to live in a matter-of-fact, black-and-white sort of way. He's the wonderful counselor. He is the God who is quick to listen. And he sits with us at the manger side when we need him to be the wonderful counselor. And he reminds us of Psalm 23, and we say with him, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. And then Jesus reaches out and he grabs my hand and he says, Nate, I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death ahead of you. I know the way. I know how dark it can be. Take my hand. I'll walk with you. Tell me where the hurts are. Tell me where the fears are. Tell me what the troubles are, and I will listen. And I will lovingly show you the way and will begin with the forgiveness of sins. Is that where you're at today? I need a wonderful counselor. Someone who won't just tell me, but someone who will listen with ears that are quick to hear, a heart that is quick to love. friend of mine, I'll name him, call him Ben. I'm wondering what he's thinking as he sits manger side today. True story, second Christmas without his family. First Christmas since the divorce was final. The apartment is not his house. It's not, not a home. It's a place to, li to sleep, period. He would have no signs of Christmas in his house except the co-worker said, Ben, you got to have some Christmas, and gave him a little tree. I said, Ben, this Christmas, come and sit down next to the manger. Look inside. There's hope there. He's the wonderful counselor. And he will help. Just trust. And then there's mighty God. That little kid is God? 
Well, the angels didn't say that. They didn't question that because the angels told him he was God. The little kid is God. He would grow and we follow him through the scriptures and he would, he would calm the winds and the wave and the demons and the diseases would flee from before him and he would go into the grave and take on death and come out alive. This little kid is God. And sometimes when we are manger side, we just need him to be God. Because the Bible tells us that we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And sometimes those hardships are hard. So let me remind you the story of my friend Luann, who probably right now is sitting at Heritage Senior Living across the way with her husband who was in 8 o'clock, and he's probably there reading the Gospel of Luke to her, the second chapter, and singing to her. But Luann... He will remind her of the mighty God in the manger because Alzheimer's is taking away her memory of who she ever was. And it's threatening to take away who her God is. But the beauty of Christmas is that the gift never changes. The gift stays the same. So in the manger is the baby who is the mighty God, who is a gift. And Gerhardt will remind Luann today, honey, he's there for you. And the baby, as the wonderful counselor, will reach out and take her hand in faith. And Gerhardt will remind her, honey, the gift hasn't changed. You are changing. But through the hardships, you will see the kingdom of God. And you will remember, once again, hope in the manger. Everlasting Father. Strange name for the Son of God. Everlasting Father. The little guy in the manger has a father in heaven. God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. But he's given the title of our Father, because it's not so much form and essence, but function. The baby in the manger, our Jesus, is the everlasting Father. Wouldn't it be cool if all of our li- all of, in all of our lives our fathers are the coolest thing ever? Maybe that isn't true for you. My dad was the coolest thing ever. If I had issues, in the middle of winter, we'd go sit on the radiator in his office right next to his chair, and we'd talk to my dad. And if we needed more time, he'd put out the Yahtzee game, and we'd roll dice, and we'd play Yahtzee, and we'd talk to my dad. So for me, everlasting father is easy. Always there, always listening, always reassuring. Say, come on, sit on my lap, what's wrong? Notice how all of these are getting woven together just a touch, right? Everlasting father. So... Another friend, Jonathan, names hidden to obscure identity. But Jonathan, spending some time in jail, maybe out now with one of those ankle bracelets to and from the place he has to go at night. Some bad decisions, some sinful choices, got him where he is. But in his heart beats faith in the baby in the manger. 
He knows that his sins are forgiven because the baby is God who became the God-man who died on the cross for the sins of the world. He believes that and he knows it. But once in a while he'll text either me or Pastor Pete in the dark of 10.30 or 1.30 in the morning and it's something like, does God have it in for me? Why am I suffering? But he'll answer his own question because guess what? Jonathan has spent enough time at the manger side in the last months looking at the gift. God's working through this somehow, isn't he? And he will bless me, won't he? Yes. He's the everlasting father. Now, why does all of this work? Is this really true? Well, there's one more panel on our Christmas box. I'll spin it your way. Prince of Peace. Don't think earthly peace. Wee, too small. This is peace between God and mankind. Peace between God and you. Peace between God and me. The Prince of Peace is the Prince of Peace who shines in the darkness with the light of the world. And guess what? He's the Prince of Peace because he rules the darkness. Satan thinks he does, but Jesus does. Jesus rules the darkness. Where is your darkness from? Is your darkness from you? And all of us would have to say, yeah, maybe all or in part. What sin have you committed that keeps pulling you back again and again and again? And it's a darkness in this world that made you think, am I even worthy of sitting at the manger side? And we'd fail to look in and see the gift. Maybe the darkness is in the past. I did that. And if you knew you would like me, I did that. And I know that God forgives me, but I did that. And no matter how old you get, you sit manger side, and sometimes it's like, I'm glad you're glad I'm here because I'm not sure I should be here because I did it. And then the devil likes to make use of things that come from the darkness. What is chronic in your life? Chronic physical issues, physical health? Chronic mental health? Chronic financial troubles? What is chronic in your life that is not happening to you because you sin, but because there's sin in the world? The Bible says we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Is there darkness in your world because of the curse of sin? Well, then it's time to pull up the stool next to the manger. Look in at the baby and see the gift. I love this artist's version of the little boy Jesus and Joseph the carpenter. You know, Jesus lived his entire life under the shadow of the cross. He did not come to work for 38 years and retire from We Energies and move to Florida and spend time on the water until he died. No, he came to this earth under the shadow of the cross. He came to die. And he lived that every day of his life. He came to die. Why? Because we are, we are dying. Because we are dying because of sin. And so he came to this earth to live under the shadow of the cross, knowing that someday the nail he's playing with might be nailed through his own wrists. 
as he was nailed to that cross and the sins of the world put on him. He came to live under the shadow of the cross. And then he, became, he came knowing he would become the cross and its image in a sense. For you and me, we live in the shadow of the cross, but it's empty for you and me. Because our sin is forgiven, heaven is won. Yes, Jesus died. Yes, he went into the grave. But he rose again to life as the mighty God who could be the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, and the prince, the ruler of peace. And so when we are sitting around the manger and we are looking in the day and we're thinking to ourselves, what am I doing here? Why isn't the magic there that it was there last year? What's changed? Not the gift. The baby and the gift are always the same. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. So as we wrap up, Step off with this, lower a couple other things. We're gonna look at the gift one more time. I'm gonna back up so you can see it. Wrap better than my mom could wrap it. No ho 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 green giant on the side or Merry Christmas. But four panels to let us know of the gift that's inside. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the Prince of Peace. Do you know what's on top of God's gift? It's not a bow. A bow is not enough. A crown. On the top of God's gift is the crown of his son. What his son would be from the manger. What his son is. But to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. So that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Dear friends, it's the Prince of Peace, the ruler of all things, the government on his shoulders in that manger. So part of Christmas is getting over ourselves. Yes, there's darkness in this heart. Yes, there's darkness in this, in this life, in yours. But in the Prince of Peace is the forgiveness of sins. And so God says to us, no matter where you are in life, Walk into the light of the glory of the angels, the promise of your God. Walk into the light and embrace the Prince of Peace. Hope for you and me. In the darkness of this place, we will worship you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for reminding us this day in the Christ child of Christmas of your great love for us that is never inactive, never asleep, never forgetful, always faithful. We thank you for reminding us that 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 the baby in the manger is a gift-wrapped present from you to us. 
Then he came into this world as the God-man. To be man who would walk the earth as God. Under the shadow of the cross to die for all of us. That wasn't easy, Father, we know. From the crucifixion to hell itself suffered for us. Yet your son raised his hand in eternity, Father, send me. I will take on flesh and take on a body and I will be born humbly in a manger so that your people will search your words wondering, who am I? Who is he? And they'll be reminded that I was sent by you to become one of them as God to die that they might live. And that I might become the greatest Christmas gift of all. Greater than an HO train set, the latest Nintendo, greater than anything else all of us will get today. The greatest gift ever is the one who was gift wrapped with names. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And on the gift is not a bow, a crown. For the baby in the manger is a king who gives us the hope of Christmas that never changes. Heavenly Father, because of life, Christmas can look different to us each and every year. But thanks for being our consistent God who is always the same, for the gift never changes. Challenge us this day again in our visit to see and hear you, to see beyond the veil, to know that you are never silent, that your word always speaks, and that we are your sons and daughters because of our brother, the King of Bethlehem, the King of Calvary, the King of heaven, and the King of this earth. Bless us this Christmas day with fresh eyes for the gift. Let us see something new that may begin with us and then turns to you. And you will love us as the king who came to die to give us life forever. And now, Heavenly Father, we ask you to take all of our thoughts and prayers today that are personal to us and hear them as we wrap them into the prayer that your son taught us. Words that are still active and alive from our li your lips to ours and to each other and the world around and also to your throne. We pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So what are you thinking? That's how we began. Do you see hope in the manger? Do you hear hope in the words of your God? You know, as I bless you, I want to have you leave with this thought. God told men, Moses and Aaron, when you bless my people, you put my name on them. He did not send angels to shout it from heaven. 
He put it in the words of you and me. Moms and dads, bless your little ones at night with this blessing of God. Husbands, bless your wives. Wives, put your head, hand on his head and say it with him. Bless each other as friends. There's hope in the manger. There's hope in his word. Every one of them, there's hope in his name. So now, receive with believing hearts the blessing of your God. And as you are comfortable, turn and face your neighbor. Put a hand on his shoulder. And let's speak together. You can hold hands too. Speak together the words of our God. Here we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.